Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. Well, friends, my name is Will Kendas. I get the pleasure of being one of the pastors here today. Uh, and we are going to be talking about Epiphany um, and what that means for us in the Christian tradition um, and celebrating that. And a little bit about the background of Epiphany is Epiphany is actually specifically celebrated on January 6th. Um, so we have a couple more days. Of, you know, We have the 12 days of Christmas that lead all the way up until this date. Um, but it is here today uh, on worship or in worship on this Sunday that we're going to specifically talk about it. Um, a little more background about epiphany is we get the word from the Greek word epiphania, which means appearance or manifestation. And so maybe you've probably used the word of, I've had an epiphany. Anybody ever said that before? I might start saying it some more. You know, I, I feel like it makes me sound smart. Or I've had a revelation, you know, similar in that sense. Well, this appearance, this manifestation that we're specifically talking about is this appearance of God, God with us in the form of Jesus, a little baby so long ago. And we have these three characters or these wise men who show up bearing these gifts as the main characters, the magi, right? The three kings, the wise men. And with that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we, we only kind of hear about them in this small little section of the Bible in Matthew 2. Um, and there's a lot uh, we don't know about them, but what we do know about them, we know they come bearing gifts. Um, they come from a faraway land. Um, so there's a little bit we kind of speculate about them, one of which is they follow a star. They're led by the star that ultimately takes them to Bethlehem. So they are following the star. Maybe there's some astrology that is leading them in their background. And maybe they're even a bit of scientist as well. They've got this science, and they're on this journey searching for truth. And much like our own lives, we search for truth in our own lives. And we're going to talk about them as our main character today as we look at Epiphany and what this means for us in our Christian faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this season, this Christmas season, and we thank you for the Magi, the wise men, um, and this journey that they travel down. And as we travel alongside them, uh, may our hearts be open and our minds be open to what you have to say to us today. Um, I pray for myself, God, that the meditations, um, my words, and all that be used to communicate your truth, your love. Um, and if necessary, uh, move me aside so that your communication or your truth may still be communicated to those who have ears to hear it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we dive right in, this is a section coming out of Matthew, and it's Matthew 2. So we're going to go straight into the text, and we're going to read about this journey that they journey on and what this means for us. So starting out, verse 1, Matthew 2. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod, a key figure we're going to talk about. About that, about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where's the newborn king? Of the Jews, we saw a star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. 
King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least, or sorry, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, the peep, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and then bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as we hear, these are men who are led by the star, and they're on a journey uh, searching for truth. This is the truth that they have set out, just like science is based on these truths. They have set out to find out what is this star leading us to? What is this truth that this star is leading us to? And it takes them to a little bit of a pit stop where they find a truth. And I'm going to say that in quotes uh, because they are searching for the truth of the king of the Jews. And they don't find a real truth. They find a false truth in King Herod. King Herod was a self-proclaimed king of the Jews. He was placed um, in Jerusalem by the Romans, and he was kind of a puppet in that sense. And he claimed himself to be the king of the Jews, but he really wasn't the one that was going to lead the people. He was not the one who would lead the Jewish people. And so he was a little bit of a false truth in that sense. He was not the real king that they were looking to. Even some of the scholars had talked about how he was from Edom, which would make him an Edomite which is probably more like an enemy of the Israelite people. So not exactly the king that they wanted or the king that they needed. Well, the wise men being wise as they were, they continued. They set out, continuing on this journey for where the star would lead them. And eventually it leads them to this little town called Bethlehem, where they find the truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus uses these words saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. But for me, it's a little bit harder for me to kind of conceptually wrap my head around this. I, I kind of like to pull these verses apart. So looking a little bit deeper, what does this word mean? This word truth that is used here is aletheia. Can you all say that? Aletheia. Now, bear with me, but the definition given for this word is what is true in any matter under any consideration truly in truth according to truth. Okay. That's like trying to describe a color to someone. Like, how do you describe the word color purple? Well, it's like, it's purple-like. Uh, it's got hints of purple, and it's got a real strong, like, purple hue to it. It's like, that does me no good. Um, so we're going to look at that just a little bit more. And some of the things that we know to be true, per se, is truth is unchangeable. If it's an absolute, if it's truth, it is unchangeable. No matter how hard we try to change it, still unchangeable. Second up, truth shapes us. 
There are a lot of truths in our own lives that shape us, some more so than others, but the reality is that truth does shape us. The things we do each day, day in, day out, it shapes who we are. And the last thing is truth is true whether we believe it or not. Truth is true whether we believe it or not. For example, take this difficult math equation here. One plus one is two. That's right. As much as I want this to be three or five or 10 or 20, it's still two. No matter how hard we try and want to not believe it, it's still going to be two. Another truth that I tried to live into the last couple weeks is this. Calories don't count during Christmas. Amen? Yeah. Well, I continually told myself that over and over as I'm shoveling cookies in my mouth. However, uh, my hips tell a different story. As much as we don't want to believe some of these truths, they are still true. So for us, when we come, when we find this, I think there's a few things we can do. I think we can deny it or we can acknowledge it. And the Magi, as they set out, as they find this truth, they acknowledge it through the gifts that they give. They acknowledge it through the gifts that they give. Now, there's a little cartoon of the gifts that didn't exactly uh, occur in giving, right? We've picked up the gold and the myrrh, but what in earth is that? It's not Frankenstein, but rather frankincense uh, that is given to the baby Jesus, right? Yeah, not the three that we thought might have happened. So we get these three gifts that are given to Jesus. He's given gold, he's given frankincense, and he is given myrrh. And there's a lot in these, these gifts. There's more than just meets the eye. Like, yes, we know these things were rare, but there's more that goes into these. The first thing, gold. Gold is given to royalty. By giving Jesus gold, they are acknowledging that he is king of the Jews. He is ruler. And not only that, these wise men who come, not being Jewish themselves, are acknowledging not only is he king of the Jews, but he's also king of the Gentiles. So this giving of gold tells us more about who Jesus is than meets the eye. Next is frankincense. Frankincense was an incense that was used in temples and rituals by the priest. So this giving of frankincense is an acknowledging of Jesus's priestlyhood, Jesus being deity, divinity, fully God. And then the last is the giving of myrrh. And myrrh was used at the end of life as an embalming. So this is given recognizing Jesus's humanity and also a foreshadowing of what Jesus would ultimately have to do in this life. He lived, but ultimately his love would go to the point of the cross where he would be sacrificed on our behalf. So this giving of these three things is acknowledging Jesus's humanity, his divinity, and his kingship over all the earth. And that's whether we want to believe it or not. When I was interviewing for the ordination process, in one of the interviews, you have multiple interviews, I've still got more to go, pray for me. But in one of my interviews, they were asking me questions, and they do well to kind of lead you. They want to make sure that there are some things that you hold to, you adhere to. Well, one of the questions they wanted me to fill in the blank. So they said, Jesus is what, Will? I'm in uh, theology up to my eyeballs, so I come up with all types of answers. Well, Jesus is God. Okay, that's good. Uh, what else? Keep going. Okay, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. 
Okay, that's correct. Uh, what else? Uh, Jesus is the invisible or image of the invisible God. Okay, yes. Well, then they kind of, you know, the patients kind of started to wear thin. So they're starting to like lead me, like, Jesus is law. And I'm like, what? Jesus is Lord. Yes, good, good, good. Jesus is Lord of what? Jesus is Lord of my life. Okay, yes, we know Jesus is Lord of your life. Okay, what else? Jesus is Lord. And so finally, they, you know, they got me to say, Jesus is Lord of all, which I knew. But that was just an acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord of all. We read about that in Philippians 2. Whether we believe it or not, Jesus is Lord of all. And as the Magi recognize this and they acknowledge it, they then turn to worship. They end up worshiping this truth that they encounter. And the reason I mention this is because not everyone does that. Some people know who Jesus is here, but they don't know who Jesus is here. We read about that in Scripture with the Pharisees, the other people who encounter Jesus. They know Jesus may be who he is here, but they don't allow Jesus to change them in here. Even King Herod, he pulls together his religious leaders and all this in verse 4 that we read about, and he starts asking him, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? They know where he's supposed to be born, but there's no change. There's no call to action that they take part of, that they live into. They know who Jesus is here, but they don't know it to be here. So as they worship Jesus, it changes them, and they know it to be true. And why do they know it to be true? Because God shows up. God shows up. In verse 12, we read that God shows up to them in a dream and tells them, don't return to Herod. Go home by a different route. Don't return to that other false truth that promised to worship this Jesus, that promised you these worldly things. Go by a different route. And they were changed by this. And I think for us, we often sometimes return to these false truths that we believe will promise us great things, but ultimately are self-seeking and looking out for themselves and ultimately end up in our own doom and destruction. Any of you familiar with this gentleman right here? Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark. He's an actor mostly known for his great acting skills. Um, he's been in a lot of movies and TV shows and different stuff like that. He actually talks about how he had some false truths that he was chasing for a while and ultimately found God that changed him. He says this. He says, I had to make a choice personally, and then I had to focus on my faith, and my faith has allowed me to overcome a lot of things. You know, nothing comes easy, especially when you've got a lot of things going against you, but I wanted to prove to people that through my actions, I was going to change. And just pausing for a quick second, he got caught up in some of the wrong stuff. When he was younger, he ultimately got arrested because he was robbing a convenience store. And he got arrested, and in jail, he ends up finding God, which is why he talks about that here. He says, anything that's good in my life is because of my faith. A lot of people get into trouble, go to jail, and find God. And the minute they don't need God anymore, they're gone. But I spent a good portion of my day thinking, thanking God for all the blessings that have been bestowed upon me. He talks about those who maybe find the truth, but they don't let the truth change them. Those who, when they're in jail, maybe they find God, but as soon as they get out, they go back to these other false truths that promise them the world, that promise them the riches, promise them everything, but ultimately let them down. 
just like the Magi who are on a journey searching for truth. They find it, they acknowledge it, and it changes them. In the same way, Mark found that when he was on his journey, even in jail. Same thing for us. As we are on this journey of life, searching for truth in our own lives, may we find the one who is eternal, who is unchanging, and full of so much love that he came to us in a baby so long ago and ultimately took that love all the way to a cross. May that be our truth in 2022. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for that truth in our own lives that is unchanging, that never fails, that never gives up, that never leaves us nor forsakes us. We thank you that this truth is so open, so freely given to us. God, may we not only know who you are in our minds, but also in our hearts, knowing the depths of your love that you have for us. May we live into those. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.